Welcome to Vision Sunday, Shoreline City. So glad you are here with us today. Let's welcome everyone who's with us online as well. Hey, we love you tremendously. And Antigua, Guatemala, we have a whole nother campus down there. We're all together, one house, many rooms. I'm incredibly excited about today. If you're with us for the first time, you came on a fantastic Sunday. We are happy to have you with us. We pray that you're feeling right at home. You're with a bunch of people that love you already. We're in your corner and trusting for God to do great things in your heart and in your life. But since it's Vision Sunday, there is maybe my favorite vision verse in all of the Bible. It's Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation puts it this way. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. If people do not know where they're going, they'll go anywhere. So when I, um, some of you in here are leading teams, uh, even at your jobs. Uh, Maybe you started the company or maybe you're a supervisor or a manager. I need you to understand that vision is a key component of of you leading at your job. Uh, Vision is a key component for those of us who are moms and dads in here. Vision is a key component to you raising your kids and helping them become who that God is calling them to be. If you have this little human being uh, in your family and you are raising this human being and you want this person to do something significant with their lives, you want them to accomplish something, you want them to fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for them, uh, you want them to be a good citizen, whatever your vision may be, parents, you, you can have a good vision, but you also need to figure out how you're going to get there. Because vision is one piece but then that, that's like destination. But, but then you also need to also figure out the delivery piece as well. How will we accomplish the vision? Some parents say, okay, uh, we want a good kid. One parent likes structure. The other parent likes no structure. You ever met those kids whose parents like no structure? They're terrible children. Loved, beautiful, God's hand is on their life, but they are terrible to be around <laughs> But if you have, a, you have a vision where you want to get your child somewhere, you have to figure out how you're going to do that. If you're a single person and you want to have a, you have a vision to live a life of integrity, character, point people to Jesus, your life not to be ultimately about you. If that is a vision that you have, then you have to ask yourself, how are you going to get there? Who are you going to allow to speak into your life? Who will you allow to be a confidant? Who will you allow to shape your thoughts? Will you allow just your urges to be the thing that dictates your purpose and potential? Or will you allow scripture to dictate your purpose and potential? You can have a vision, but how are you going to get there? If you got, okay, if you're starting a company, you got an idea, and you, you, you want to make a bunch of money, okay? So, great, you want to make a bunch of money so you can give a bunch of money. You want to make a bunch of money so you can give a bunch of money. That, that's beautiful. It's wonderful. Okay, so you have that vision, but how are you going to get there? Because you, you can get there by doing illegal things. You can get there by cutting corners. You can get there by cheating people. Or... You can choose to get there, going the path of integrity and character. Some, most times the harder road, but the better road. I'm talking about 
vision. I'm talking about where you're going, where I'm going. And today, as a church family, we're talking about vision. Where are we headed? You might not know this, some of you were with us for the first time, but this is actually our seven-year-old birthday uh, today. We are now seven years old as a church. It has gone by so, so fast. My wife and I were looking at pictures of when we first got started, and there was no indication, Onika said. She said there was no indication that God was going to do all that God has done in these seven years. I mean, the people were wonderful, but, I mean, we just were going to eat and point people to Jesus. That's all we needed to do. Eat, point people to Jesus. Eat, point people to Jesus. Eat some more. Point more people to Jesus. And we just have been doing that over all these years, and God continues to bring in all these amazing individuals with such high caliber influence and leadership. It's been wonderful. Uh, some of you might be surprised that we're, you know, only seven years old, uh, because we're one of those seven-year-olds that looks like they're like 17, you know. You see them, they have a beard, uh, long arms, big feet. You think, that seven-year-old should have a job. I don't know why that seven-year-old is still living in the house. We, 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 we've gotten larger as a seven-year-old, but we're seven years old nonetheless. But from the very beginning, we have not moved off of our vision statement. From the beginning until this point in time, we've been saying the same thing over and over, and over, and over, and over again. And we're not moving from it. It's found in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, this then is how you should pray. Here's Jesus speaking. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We will not compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not compromise the person of Jesus Christ. We will not compromise loving and laying down our lives for humanity. We are about not our kingdom, but his kingdom. We want to see heaven invade earth. Vision, I heard this um, or read this a number of years ago, uh, this definition of vision. Vision is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. Vision is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. Whenever you have a vision, you have to understand you, you're seeing things twice. You're seeing them in your heart or in your mind's eye before you ever see it in the natural. And you have to be okay with a vision, understanding initially you can't touch anything. You can only see something in here. But vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction this should be. So when we started this church family, we had, we had a vision but a clear mental picture of what could be. Could there be a church that would not be about 
white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, all going their separate directions. Could, could there be a church where people from all different walks of life would come together under one roof and lift up the name of Jesus Christ? And not only did we have a vision that it could be, we actually believe that it should be. And I, I know some people said, well, you're going to the South, you're, you know, you're going to Dallas, and you're black. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I, we just had it in our hearts. We said, no, 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 we believe that God is able to tear down those strongholds and those lies and that that demonic mindset that's been prevalent for so long and we can see a church where old people and young people and black people white people Hispanic people Asian people rich people poor people could all come together under one roof and lift up the name of Jesus Christ link arms and make it on earth as it is in heaven we just felt like it should be But not only that, we felt like it should be that women didn't need to be marginalized. They didn't have to be pushed to the side. Women didn't need to be walked over. As a matter of fact, they ought to be empowered to be everything that God called them to be and released into the plans and purposes that God has for them. But we didn't just believe that about women. We believed it about kids. We didn't think we were supposed to babysit. We thought we were called to raise up the next generation of leaders. So we said, kids, God can use you right now. He can use you in your school and he can shape you and form you and mold you into who he's destined for you to be. A vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. There's got to be a fire shut up in your bones that you might want to quit, but something keeps on propelling you. I've got to move forward. I've got to put one foot in front of the other. I've got to keep praying. I've got to keep giving. I've got to keep pushing. I've got to keep trusting. I'm talking about conviction talking you and I not living lives just we're casual just kind of figuring it out uh, and, and, and kind of stumbling along we're like no 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 it might be hard but but I'm moving forward might be difficult but I'm moving forward yeah there's opposition but I'm moving forward vision a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be same thing for your marriage okay same thing for you raising your kids same thing for you going to school you got to get a vision you got to have a vision you got to have a vision without a vision people cast off restraint they'll go any which way they don't know where they're going but if you get a vision write that thing down and you watch what god will do so i've been so thankful to be a part of this church family so thankful to be on this journey with, with all of you. And this last year was, was miraculous and beautiful in so many ways. I wish I had the time to go through everything that God did. I, I don't have the time, but a couple of high-level celebration points I, I wanted to share with us as a church family. This past year in 2018, there were over 7,500 individuals that gave their hearts and their lives to Christ for the first time or, re- or to rededicate their lives to serving Jesus. This still boggles my brain because we have met these individuals, we have heard their stories, and I'm constantly moved to tears thinking that God would trust us with his lost sons and daughters. That he would say, hey, you got to have a home. I'm going to bring you to this little place called Shoreline City. Whether that's in Dallas or in Antigua, I'm going to bring you to this place because they'll love you. 
we believe that we could be a church that, that, that would not judge people before they ever walk through the door. But allow them to come in exactly how they are, wherever they are in their spiritual journey, maybe not even believing in God. But we were going to show them who Jesus is and show them his love and would trust him to tear down the walls of darkness and depression and confusion. God has been doing that. It's been beautiful to see over 24% more people. We, got, we had an increase in, by 24% in baptisms from one year to the next. And this, you know, this year I'm praying for even more. I'm praying so many people get dunked this year. We're doing it every month. We're doing baptisms every month. And we're bringing snorkel gear and scuba gear. And we're putting people under and we're holding them down and pulling them back out public pronouncements of our faith saying hey my whole life belongs to Jesus we're going to do this every single month connect groups this is not just something like we kind of have on the side this is like a the lifeblood of our church we we are community we're we're connected church there's been over two almost 2,000 people that have been involved in connect groups just this past year people developing relationships with each other not only that we have almost 1,700 individuals that are on the serve team here at Shoreline City 1,700 people that are saying hey I want to give my time my energy I want to put God first in my life. That's what I want to do. Can we just for a second, can we just give a huge round of applause to all the serve team for just for just a second? These individuals changing your kids diapers, mine. Serving in the parking lot, stepping up, being a prayer partner making phone calls, setting up, tearing down, coming early, staying late. Not people that don't have anything else to do, okay? People with jobs and are busy and still say, you know what? I don't want my life to just be about me. I want to serve someone else. I just thank you so much, serve team. You inspire me week in and week out. So whether people are seeing you on the platform or you're behind the scenes, thank you so very much. I, I, uh, we just started Growth Track this past year uh, in August, okay? So in four months, over 1,000 people have completed Growth Track here at our church. And uh, this is incredibly exciting for me because this gives us the chance to really, really know the name, the story, and to get connected with people because we're not wanting a spectator church. With all these great things that have happened in the past, what does it mean for our future? What does it mean for where we're going, where we're headed? Every year, though our vision statement stays the same, I have been uh, trying to tune my heart and my ear into what might be the focus that God would have for us as a church. And, And this one word was whispered into my heart after a lot of time of praying and journaling and wrestling through things and being quiet and being maybe sometimes frustrated, trying to figure out, God, what are you speaking? I'm just driving one day, and I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit in my ear, this one word, mobilize. Mobilize. I decided to to look it up, and it means this. Prepare 
and organize troops for active service. Organize and encourage people to act in a concerted way in order to bring about a particular objective. To marshal for action. Ready for action. Movement. To assemble and make ready for war. Felt like God was saying mobilize the single people. Mobilize the married couples. Mobilize those who are older and those who are younger. Mobilize those who are in school and those who are out of school. Mobilize individuals because what I want to mobilize in 2019 for all I want to do in 2020 and beyond. Get people ready for where I'm trying to position them because I'm not yet done with their lives. I'm not done with what I want to do in them and through them. So here, here, when we talk about mobilize, I need you to be okay. I need you to be okay understanding that we want to place a demand on the call of God that is on your life. In this church family, we do not want you staying the same. If you want to know what we're about as a church, I'm going to to take you behind the curtain. Okay, you're wondering, hey, what's really going on? I'm going to take you behind the curtain right now. This is what's behind the curtain. We want to raise you up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we want to do with your life. We want to raise you up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven. We want to make sure when you get to heaven, you're empty. You've got nothing left in the tank that when you are standing there in front of your savior, you can say, Jesus, here am I. And everything you put on the inside of me, I left on earth. Every song you wanted me to write, every person you wanted me to love, every business you wanted me to start, every person you wanted me to reach, every child you wanted me to raise, every single thing I was called to do, I did it. I'm not coming to heaven with any baggage. I've left it all. Everything you put in me, I deposit into the generation that you put me in and I want every single one of us to stand before our savior one day and say I'm empty everything you gave me I gave away dying empty I want you dying empty I want you dying empty I want that that when that day comes because one out of one people die everybody <laughs> one out of one All of us one day will stand before Jesus. And on that day, I want to make sure you have been wrung out, not burnt out, but wrung out for the cause of Jesus Christ. That everything that he put in you to do, you did. I want this to be the soil that this soil, this church raises up leaders, not spectators. It raises up Christ-like leaders, not people that want to just attend church. I don't need people who just want to attend church. I'm glad if you're just attending, but please understand, we're trying to take you somewhere. We're trying to help you become who God has called you to be. So let let me me share real quick. Let me share real quick the flow, the flow, the flow, real quick, the flow. Let me show you. Everybody's got a flow. Everybody's got a flow. Every business has a flow. Families have a flow. Let me me tell you our flow, our flow, okay? You come into this church, you're like, hmm, okay. I like it. Some of you are comfortable. I just want to stay right there. We say, oh, no, 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 no. There's a flow. There's a flow. There's a current here. There's a current. We're trying to take you somewhere. There's a current, okay? Uh, and, and, and this current, we want to take you whoo, to growth track. And you finish it. 
take step one, step two, you finish it. But then from there, we want to raise you up to be a Christ-like leader. What does that mean? We defined it. We define Christ-like leader as somebody that has these four things. Number one, they've completed growth track. Number two, that they've been involved for six months serving, tithing, or in a group. Number three, this individual has brought other folks on the journey, meaning disciples make disciples. Number four, this individual has a bunch of friends in church, so they have community, so they understand that, that root touch, so they're not just being uprooted and going from church to church, but they're around the place where they are connected with other people around them helping them to become who God has called them to be all the while being helped themselves become who God has called them to be from there after you become a Christ-like leader we're then going to take you into the current the flow brings you to our leadership track this is where we have identified the six rooms of every single person's heart and we are going to be intentional about giving you a growth plan that will target every every area of your heart and your life to become who God is calling you to be what what are those six areas number one it is the library that's where you're theological logically sound. It's the kitchen. This is where you learn how to serve others and be others oriented. That's the living room where you understand relational connection. It's the bedroom where you strip yourself and you become bare with your spiritual intimacy as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. It is your laundry room where your character is shaped and scrubbed and it is your garage where you learn on the practical side what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We are saying we're going to raise you up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven when we talk about raising up leaders i just need everybody to be ready right now that i'm talking about you talking about you i'm not just talking about the person beside you i'm talking about you want you to be raised up to be this christ-like leader i need us in this environment in this church family please get this i need us to be okay that i do not want a personality driven church okay this church is not going to rise and fall on me it rises and falls on jesus and in order for that to happen you're gonna have to be okay with me raising up more leaders more individuals that will step up and push this thing forward because i don't want this thing to be all about me i don't have big enough shoulders to carry this thing the one that has big enough shoulders is jesus and he's bringing leaders from the north south east and west that'll say yes here am i lord use me talking about you talking about you let me let me go here let me let me let me, let me read your story let me read your story read your story read your story okay i uh, got this we got this email okay um a, a little bit ago um it says hi uh i'm i'm andrew miller we, we found this email address through instagram and, and wanted to share a story about our experience at shoreline city church on thanksgiving weekend my family and i were visiting dallas from new mexico for the weekend and found ourselves following cars into the parking lot of the church we hadn't been to church in years but couldn't find a way out of the parking lot. As we approached the doors, we were greeted with big smiles. My wife Jennifer decided that we would stay. We walked through the building with our 13-year-old daughter, Bailey, with more people smiling and greeting us. We had never experienced anything like it before. We were getting coffee when the young lady beside us greeted us. She introduced herself as Kayla. Who's in the front row here? Some, yeah, there you are, Kayla. Uh, she introduced herself as Kayla and was so excited to hear that it was our first time. 
The best part about our conversation, however, was the way she engaged with our teenager. Bailey is quite shy, but somehow Kayla got her to talk. At this point, we were all so excited to attend the service. Everywhere we went, someone was smiling at us. (laughs) As the countdown video played, we looked on stage and saw Kayla on a guitar. We were all surprised that during our conversation, she did not mention she'd be on the platform. We felt so special that she took time out to talk to us. Years ago, when we did attend church, we rarely saw those who were on the platform. The the service was incredible. And seeing our daughter look at Kayla with a big smile and wide eyes made us as parents very happy. If possible, we would like the pastors and staff and team to receive this email as well to thank them for this incredible church. We truly have never experienced church like this before. We would also like Kayla to receive this if possible as she has inspired my daughter and us as well to follow Jesus. I caught my daughter watching the YouTube live stream these past few Sundays, hoping to see Kayla again. She said, I want to be that kind and that talented when I grow up. We are so happy we follow the cars and parking attendants. For the first time in a long time, our family felt seen and loved by complete strangers, but left feeling like family. We cannot wait to come back and visit when we are in town. uh... I wish I had the time to go into all the things that are on the horizon for this upcoming year. We've got our Cultivate Women's Conference that's coming up again, and uh, I'm so, so excited about it. But not only are we doing Cultivate here in Dallas, we're actually also doing Cultivate in Antigua, Guatemala as well this year. Our first time having our women's conference down there. We are overwhelmed with excitement. We've got campuses that we're launching. We're relaunching our Bishop Arts Campus that we're so incredibly excited about. And then we are all launching our North Campus as well up in that Plano, Frisco area. Cannot wait to get that off of the ground. I was hoping that we were going to have our location solidified by today. but it just did not work out but we're getting so so close to those locations being solidified so we can launch those campuses but also down in Guatemala we're going to be launching a Guatemala City campus as well so we're just getting the groundwork all ready for that one I am thrilled about all that is on the horizon when you came in today all of us received one of these little packets these, these communion packets. I want you to grab this out. I want you to grab this out. With all the exciting things that are on the horizon for us as a church, all the exciting things that God has done, I want to make it crystal clear. Jesus is our focus here. He is our everything. And we believe, like the Bible says, when he is lifted up, he will draw men and women unto himself. So we're going to take out a moment now and celebrate communion. We're going to make sure that we don't leave here just thinking 
this church is awesome. We want to leave here believing and knowing Jesus is awesome. Because without him, we are nothing. I want you to open up your communion elements here. You pull back that top layer. We'll show you a little piece of bread, a little sip of juice. Jesus called us to do this to remember him. Remember him. We're great at remembering our faults. We're great at remembering our fails failings and we're great at remembering how we've tripped and how we've stumbled we're great at remembering our condemnation but what Christ did for us on the cross and what he did with that empty grave is said I want you to remember more what I've done for you than what you have done towards yourself and what I've done for you Jesus says trumps what you have done when you and I surrender our hearts and our lives to him shame condemnation and guilt are not your identity you are now a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ and you have been changed from the inside out I'm going to ask you to do me a favor bow your heads Lord as we bow our heads right now thank you for what this bread and this juice represent and I pray right now to our faith it would be the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ given to us for the forgiveness of our sins and we have been made brand new may you Jesus be the largest figure in our lives and the center of our universe Christ's name we pray. Let me lift your heads up, friends, and grab that piece of bread and eat it. To your faith, may it be the very body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can drink this juice, and to our faith, may it be the very blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What we're going to do now is just take out a moment. I just want this moment to be sealed focus on our Savior and all that not only he has done but will do in each and every one of our hearts and our lives
about this year would you do something with me for just a second would you bow your heads and close your eyes to get in a prayerful position posture right now 
If you're here today under the sound of my voice and um, as we're singing that song, you can, you can hear something inside of you saying, I just want you. I'm done with my plans. I'm done with my ideas. I'm done with being in charge of my life. But today, I would like to make Jesus Christ first in my life. If that's you right now, I want you to do something with me. In this moment, it's just you and Jesus. But this is an opportunity for you to make him Lord of your life. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up in the air as a way of saying yes. Yes to that voice. Yes to that Holy Spirit work on the inside of you this morning. So we're going to do it together. One, two, three. If that's you, shoot your hand right up in the air as a way of saying yes. That's me. Jesus, you get my heart. You get my life. You are first and foremost in my life. Anybody else under the sound of my voice, you can, it's not too late. You can go ahead and put your hand up as a way of saying yes. Yes, Jesus, you can have all of me. Okay, right now, in this, at this time, I'd like to ask everybody to, to put your hand over your heart. All, everybody, all, everyone in this room, put your hand over your heart, and we're going to pray together. Pray after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you every single day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.